This is Billionaires in Boxes, an award-winning podcast and TV publicist for businesses. Billionaires in Boxes, steady hustle, no stopping. Making it happen, put words into action, and quitting is never an option. No time to be a loser, gonna live the life that you choose to. Time to make a little money and gain some influence with Phil Palucha. Hello and welcome to this edition of Billionaires in Boxes with me, your host, Phil Palucha. I am joined by a very special guest, Judy Whalen. Uh, Judy, I'm looking forward to this interview. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, Judy is joining us from the Center for Strategic Change. Uh, Judy and I actually met at a networking event earlier this year and she lit up the room. So I'm absolutely delighted to share her presence with you. Judy, welcome to the show. Thanks so much, Phil. I'm so looking forward to this. As you mentioned, my business is the Center for Strategic Change and business owners and nonprofit leaders hire me because they want to grow their business, but they don't have a growth plan. You know, they're overworked. They're already overwhelmed. They're worried about their financials and they're doing all of that while juggling their work life, family life and health. So, you know, I know you wanted to know a little bit about what I do. So when I'm working with them, what I do is I guide them through a strategic thinking process that helps them clarify their core values, their priorities. I help them stay focused and take action. And so the bottom line is they grow their business and they grow their life. Hmm. So, you know, if your listeners were visiting my website, what they would see are services such as facilitating strategic thinking sessions, um, We do full-blown strategic planning projects. We do market research to help the client understand their marketplace. Um, We communicate their, we help them communicate their goals to their key stakeholders. And then I do executive coaching and I have online courses. So I am so delighted to be here. This is so exciting because of the information. Well, you're like me. you wear a million different hats. You do lots and lots of things and help lots of different people, which I absolutely love about what you do. And um, I'm curious when you talk about strategic change, then so primarily, who are we who are we talking to and about? Are we talking about the solopreneur working from home? Are we talking about the mid-sized organization, or are we talking about Microsofts and Ciscos of this world? Okay, what I really well, if, you know, strategic change can apply to all of those, but the. The ones that I focus on are what I'm going to call small business owners. So it could be Mm -hmm. solopreneurs. It could Mm -hmm. be, I'm going to call it a a retail business owner who may have a brick and mortar building yet. It can be um, mompreneurs, coaches, consultants, people that are in their own business and delivering typically services or products which typically incorporates most businesses, the small business owner. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. How long have you uh, been in the field? (laughs) It feels like forever. 29 years. 29 29 years. I love it. You know, you know, I think back and, and just, just to help people that may be just starting out. Um, when you're just starting out, it's just you can't imagine how long you might stay in business. I mean, you've got a goal, but you can't. It's hard to imagine. And when I look back at it, I just remember all it all it was to st- I don't want to say all it was to stay in business 29 years, but it was just that determination. Just put one foot in front of the other. Keep putting one foot in front of the other. Keep putting one foot in front of the other. And quite frankly, I never had a goal of 29 years. I just had a goal of 
deliver quality services, be in business. And here I am mm. <laughs> 29 years later, a lot of times well, my feet in I front of share me. A f- Funny little story on that. Actually, recently, uh, a good friend of mine uh, sent me a, a series of, of photographs that he'd taken screenshots from a conversation from a long, long time ago. I didn't even know he still had these. And it was um, my very, very first podcast interview. So this is almost 14 years ago at this point. And he invited me on as a guest. And my exact response is, what the hell is a podcast? And he said, imagine us having a chat in the pub after the game and people want to listen. And I was like, why would anyone want to listen to us having a chat in the pub? Right. This was my response. So I was completely dismissive. I was like, I'll come on because it's you and we'll have some fun. I had no idea at that exchange that 13 years later, I would have trained hundreds, if not thousands of people, you know, done 10,000 hours plus. Like it's nuts, isn't it? So like you said, you don't know that what's that what's that really famous saying i can never remember who who it was either but it's the whole um you know journey of a thousand miles starts with a right. single step yes it's it, that's what it is it's a single step it's just keep taking that next step take the step even when you're not quite sure take the step <laughs> yeah absolutely absolutely so what were you doing prior to this then because obviously coaching and uh, and really kind of helping people you know you most most people tend to uh, that profession finds them rather than the other way around. Mm-hmm. You, you know, you're doing something and then realize, oh, actually, I'm I'm pretty good at this and I can help people. So, what was what did that journey look like for you? Well, prior to starting my business, I was working in the association management field. You know, and if people aren't familiar with that term, it's that um, there there are professional associations for everything under the sun. You know, like there's there's the teachers association, the engineers groups, there's, you know, all kinds of associations related to certain types of lifestyles, hobbies, whatever. So I was in the association field as an executive director prior to starting my business. And I was an executive director for state and then national associations. And so in that role, I mean, and even prior to that, I had always worked with boards of directors starting at a local school board level, um, being their public information person for the school district. So being able to continue to focus on boards of directors, that's what led me to association work because they're all led by boards of directors. And Mm -hmm. in that role, I obviously was able to develop leadership skills because my role was to grow the organization, work with the board, grow the organization. And I also had the opportunity to be a lobbyist, which, you know, sometimes is considered not such oh, an wow. attractive field. <laughs> but That's cool. It depends, it, it depends what you're lobbying for. And luckily, Correct. Um, my, my first role into lobbying was for um, a statewide association of independent colleges. So that was really, right. for me, a worthwhile issue, topic, cause to be promoting. Sure. And and then the next opportunity came along in terms of professional engineers, engineers that are are working to protect health, safety, and welfare. So those were, those were nice groups to be able to, to represent their interests. And it gave me an opportunity to truly, first of all, understand the legislative process, (laughs) Mm -hmm. but to, to refine and develop my communication skills. Mm. And, you know, I, I'll tell you, working with boards of directors, there's a lot of coaching that goes on there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I bet there is. You know, I mean, people in most cases come to a board 
And in this case, they were volunteers on the board. They weren't paid board members. Um, sure. And so they're bringing, you know, they're bringing their interests, but they don't necessarily know how to collaborate and work together. So there's a, there's a lot of coaching that I skills, coaching skills I developed over the years working with boards. Yeah. Um, it's too many cooks spoil the broth, isn't it sometimes? And I think that that definitely comes across in that kind of environment where, you know, you've got an entire room full of CEOs and senior board members and they're all used to being the big chief. Exactly. Um, it's an, it's an interesting dynamic. It's interesting though, cause you, you just touched on something that, um, it's funny how all this comes together. I don't, I don't believe in coincidence at all. Uh, earlier today I was recording a summit interview, um, in fact, it was for a company called Right on Time, who are a, a PR group here in the UK. Really, really great. I'll, I'll put a link in the show notes, actually, so you can check it out. But they, um, we were doing this summit and we were recording this interview. And we were talking about how, actually, it's not the skill sets that people use. It's what you use them for. So if you use tactics that convince somebody how to do something, well, if you're convincing them to do something that you know truly and profoundly is going to be really impactful for them and their business, then that's a good form of convincing somebody. But if you're convincing somebody to part with their cash for something that isn't in their best interest, you just want money, it's the same process but one was for good and the other was for evil. Right. And, and I think you've just really touched on that with the lobbying, which is it really does depend on what you're lobbying for, doesn't it? I mean, yeah. you're either lobbying to go fracking under somebody's local community and make it unstable and cause loads of pollution, or as you were, you're lobbying for independent colleges and better rights for students and access right. and education, right. which is a really powerful thing. So. Right. Yeah, I, I like the way you said that because I think you're you're right. Lobbyists do get a bit of a bad name, but I think it's because you know we've heard people lobby things that, quite frankly, none of us wanted. Right, because you know because they're the paid. I'm going to say shotgun. <laughs> I don't yeah. know. To yeah, it. I think it's a good way of putting it. Yeah, and you know what I found is whatever I was advocating for had to fit with my personal core values. And that's, you know, that's an interesting piece as we continue to talk the rest of, of the show is it's being really clear on your core values impacts choices and decisions you make in your life. And, you know, there were mm. just all kinds of, of groups. Yeah, they would have paid me, but it would have not been uh, it would not have been a, a pleasant and a growing experience for me if it wasn't aligned with what I believe in. And so that's mm. that's the importance of knowing your core values. I think, I think that's in, in, intrintic in to business success, knowing your core values, because, oh, yes. you know, Absolutely. there are the, I mean, again, we, we're touching on this here, but, you know, as you start to build influence in an industry, you start to get more and more opportunities. And those are great. You know, you get great opportunities. However, at the same time, you are presented with far more temptation than when nobody knows you as well. Um, yes. You know, just in the last few months alone, I've had people say, will you promote our podcast hosting site, even though we aren't actually delivering what we say we do yet? Once we've got more members and can afford to build the system properly, we will. So we'll pay you to push it out there so that more people join. And I was like, no, it doesn't work like that. If I, if I can see that it's really helpful for people, then I'll push it, but I'm not going to push it so that you can get the money in. Like, I'm not going to trade my reputation. And then I had another person who um, they were trying to push something, and it was a, a cryptocurrency. And I said, oh, I don't know enough about cryptocurrency. And I ended up saying no to it 
fast forward, I want to say like three or four months, I'm then watching a YouTube video while somebody's debunking the scam of this cryptocurrency. And I, you know, they approached me and basically wanted me to push. So can you imagine what that had done to the reputation if I just said, sure, let's go right. push it out? But you've, you've got to stay true. And I think that whole, um, you know, making making decisions based around how it feels internally is a really powerful metric. But that only works right. if you know what your core values are. Exactly. And that's where people struggle. It's, you mm. know, I, when I, when we work with, when we work with clients in terms of strategic planning, the one thing that makes my process different than many strategic planners is we start with the core values where right. many, many planners will start with the vision. And it's like, you can't, you can't get to the vision until you really know the foundation. And so I mean, I've worked with groups that have been in business 40 years and they struggled. I mean, we spent four hours with one group that's been in business 40 years getting to what are those core values. So it's it's just not an easy exercise to sit down and write what those what are those core values. It, it takes a lot of careful thinking. Mm. Uh, there was a, an interesting exercise, actually, um, that a, a friend of mine did with his business about probably about two or three years before the, the pandemic. And he basically did this anonymous thing and he said, what I want everybody to do is I want you to write down what the company's core values are and I want you to write down what our unique selling points are and then put them into a box. And he read through them and he said, Phil, I want you to cry. I said, why? He said, hardly anybody got it and I got about 100 different answers. Right. And I was like, right, okay, so they're your ambassadors. If they're the people that are going out to the market and they don't know, um, I remember somebody saying, you know, your core, your mission statement needs to be more than that thing that's written in your brochure. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> well, and when I, when we talk, you know, when I'm working with clients and we've, we've entered that whole topic of core values and I ask them, how, how does that manifest in your business or in your life? They look at me like, what do you mean? It's a, it's a hard concept for them to get their head wrapped around is that things mm. that are going in your life are manifestations of your core values. Very true. No, very true. I love that. I'm curious then. So when people are coming to you, you mm -hmm. know, because we all get to hear that, you know, I, I get to hear podcasting won't work for my business because I don't have the time because, and they just come out with a load of BS reasons as to what it's not going to work for them. What do you typically hear about strategic planning and change and, and, and core values then? Oh, <laughs> well, what I hear about strategic planning mm -hmm. is it takes too much time and it doesn't work. And I don't have time to do it. Okay. So that's strategic yeah. planning. What I hear about, I mean, I want to talk to you about also what I hear in, about in their personal life. Okay. So I, mm -hmm. here, here's an example. Okay. I'm I, over the 29 years when I'm out working with clients, you know, yes, we have this focus of this is what we're working on. This is what we need to be doing. Here's the concept, blah, blah, blah. Okay. So while we're doing that though, I'm also observing What's going on with my client or with the people involved in this process that's outside their business? Because I pick up all kinds of pieces of information beyond just strategic plan in the business. And what I observed over the years is that my clients are really, really good in their field of expertise. 
you know, whether it's healthcare or engineering or whatever, they know, they know their technical expertise. But what I started seeing is there are all kinds of factors outside of their business life that impact them in their business life. So I would, I'd be working with clients and I would be hearing information about dysfunctional relationships, like something's happening with their spouse that's impacting them at work, or their kids are distancing themselves from them, you know, dysfunctional relationships there. Um, I would see health issues start to develop that impacted them in the workplace. And so it was all these things mm. that that I, I kept thinking about, okay, I can help them with strategic planning. I know that process works. But how could I help them in this other area so that they could even be better at what they do in their business or organization? And that's where I started thinking about you know, my this is so funny because my mind works in pictures. I, yeah, I don't know if everybody's mind does that, but my mind works in pictures. And I started thinking about the entrepreneurial landscape for some reason. And I was thinking about a mural on a wall. And I would see business owners with all this these success symbols in their the building of, you know, the image of their business. But then on the other side sure. of the equation, there was, you know, a picture of their home. And there was, you know, symbols of, you know, a marriage that was splitting, kids that weren't getting the attention or they, they were distancing themselves from the business owner. And sure. I kept thinking, you know, I do so much work with core values in the business world. Why am I not doing core value work in the business owner's personal life? Because that's what it sure. comes down to. And so is, yeah. I just decided it was time to start addressing core values in a business owner's life outside of business. And by integrating the two, that business owner grows their business and they grow their life. And, you know, and then it, and then it made me start thinking of, I, I have business clients the real, I'm going to say the real tragedy is the business owner who spends resources and their time and their energy building a big, big business, let's just say, or even a small business. And then something in their home life falls apart. And let's just say it's a marriage and a divorce. And all of a sudden, the assets of that business are split. And mm. in some cases, the business survives but at a reduced capacity. And in other cases, the business doesn't even survive. So mm. I kept thinking, you know, it, it bodes well for business owners to really be as committed to both sides of this part of their, their life, the business and their, their life outside of business, to keep it um, unified so mm. that as they work to build one, they're still building the other. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. It's impossible. It's impossible to compartmentalize, isn't it? You, you know, you, you, you right. can't just focus on work because if then if, if if home life isn't working, you know, 
we're not robots. We're humans. We have emotions. We have feelings. We can't just leave it at the door. If you've had a blazing row in the morning with your spouse or significant other, and then you come to work, that's going to affect your working day. It doesn't matter who you are. Right? If you have a yes. great day at work and you're feeling on cloud nine, and then you go home to an unloving or unsatisfied relationship or household, you're not going to remain on cloud nine. You're going to feel potentially even lower like why does this person not want to celebrate my success with me right um so i i think you're right i think it's it's important to address every aspect of this i mean in fact what we see this a lot don't we when people say you know when i'm successful i'm gonna hire a personal trainer yes. and it's like well you know why are you waiting for a certain imaginary mark of success exactly before you start to take the actions that are going to make you healthier and happier Right. I mean, I, I would hear, I would hear them say, you know, well, sometime down the road, I'm going to take a vacation or when I retire, I'm going to go fishing (laughs) or when I retire, I'm going to spend time with my grandkids. And I'm thinking, what if you never get to retire? What if you don't make, you know, what if something happens and you're still not alive when you want to retire? Why are we postponing things that if we, if we really are clear on our core values, that starts to eliminate those, those, those sentences, those conversations, you know, but then I have, I just have to tell you this personal story. Then the whole thing, you know, I was observing this in my clients and then all of a sudden it hit me smack in the face. I mean, all of a sudden I'm, I'm like watching myself on this mural and, you know, I'd been in business probably by then, 15 years, but I, I was the medical power of attorney for my parents and their legal and financial power of attorney. And so as they aged and they lived to be 93 and 95, and you know, I was so blessed. I was so blessed, but there was a 10 year period of time there. And it was probably in, you know, like starting in 2006 to about 2017 where I was responsible for them. And that that was such a wake-up call. Well, first of all, it was wake-up call on many fronts in terms of as we continue to move through life, we need to do our planning so that our children aren't burdened with trying to make decisions that we never put in place. But just the time that it took taking, because I had, it was, they were both, you know, it was healthcare appointments times two, because... <laughs> You know, they both needed all these different types of healthcare appointments. And so what started, what I started to experience was, okay, I needed to take a look at my life, you know, because I was still juggling my family needs, my personal business and them. And something had to give, something had to give. And what had to give in the end was my business. So I went from working my business full time to working it part time changed mm. my travel commitments. So I wasn't, this, and this was before virtual, wasn't yep. tra- traveling nationally and servicing, you know, being out on the road, servicing clients two, three, four days in a row and then coming home. I had to be like within a two hour drive time of my parents. And that was the true wake up call. You know, it's, it's like one thing to see it in my clients. It's another thing to experience it firsthand. And that, that's where the aha moment was that this whole work-life balance thing is nothing but a myth. It's a myth. Um, or you could call it a hoax, a misrepresentation, 
an outright lie, whatever is the politically correct term. But it got me really thinking about that whole work-life balance because I, I see in my clients, and I still see it, that they they want to achieve work-life balance. And in the end, what happens is it causes them more stress and anxiety trying to achieve it. Because it's not possible. It's not possible. It's it's just yeah. not possible. And so, so that's... So what, what, if you can't... If you can't achieve work-life balance, what what should people be aiming for? People can aim to develop harmony in their life. Okay. And you so develop, work-life harmony. Yes. You, you develop harmony by getting really clear on those core values. Mm. And, 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 you know, again, I thought of it because my mind works in pictures. I started thinking about work-life balance like children on a teeter-totter and, you know, or at a playground. And so a teeter-totter is in balance when you've got children that are the same weight and they're just sitting in a nice, straight, balanced line. But if you have one person that's a little bit heavier, somebody's got to move to the, you know, the heavier person has to move to the middle. And if they don't do that, the person on that's lighter is going to go whew, right up in the air and possibly bounce right off, which is what happens yeah. in our life is we bounce mm. off of things. And so then I started, you know, like I said, because my mind thinks in pictures, it just came to be that, you know, what we really need to think about is like a symphony, a musical symphony that has, you know, that has the, the brass, the percussion, the strings and the woodwinds. And when they're playing a piece of music, there's times when the violins, the strings may be featured and they're louder and everybody else is is quieter. Or the brass then becomes the featured instrument to create whatever emotion that musical instrument, that symphony is trying to create. And as you listen, different parts of the orchestra, the symphony, I'm going to just say in real simple terms, take turns. One becomes, becomes louder or more significant than the other. And it's exactly that way in our life. And work life balance implies that everything is of the same importance. It's got to be it's got to be equal to stay on that balanced plane where life isn't doesn't work like that. You know, no. all you need is a, is a sick child or aging parents or a job loss or a pandemic and everything is all of a sudden out of whack. Definitely. But if if you invest time at the front end in terms of your core values, your personal core values, getting clear on those mm. and then using those to guide your decisions as to what you allow into your life. Because that's the piece is we we need to understand the roles that we play, that we fill and where we have choices to make. Then you begin to create that harmony mm. and you can eliminate the stress and the anxiety that balance implies. I wish we'd have had this conversation two years ago because <laughs> um, one of the one of the biggest lessons that I learned during uh, the pandemic. So I think you know I I fell sick. I had like mm-hmm. seven months of pneumonia and all kinds of nonsense going on. But at the very beginning, when I was at my worst, I was in and out of hospital, and I mean, at best, I could work two hours a day, a few times a week. Like I, I had no energy; I was just exhausted, and even that was a real struggle because. I, you know, imagine kind of working drunk. <laughs> That's kind of sure. how it felt because I had brain fog and I was just, I couldn't focus on anything. It was, it was horrific. Um, and 
there was, I won't name them because that's not fair, but there was a couple of people who approached me at this time and they kind of said, look, we can remove the pressure from this by doing this, this, and this. And I knew it didn't feel right, but quite frankly, I almost was grateful for the support at that point. It was like, okay, I know this isn't right. This isn't in my core values. I don't necessarily agree with the way that they're going to do this, but I kind of took two two approaches. The first one was, well, I really do need some support right now because I'm not very well. So actually, I'm going to take the support even if it's not the best advice. It's 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 advice. And the second thing I thought rather naively was, um, and I'm sure there are lots of people who've been in relationships that can relate to this, I, I can change them from within. Right? I know that there's some things that they do that I don't necessarily approve of, but I can change them from within my organization. And um, it didn't work. And in the end, they, they, the, both of them didn't last with the business very long. One of them a little bit longer than the other, but he was only here for about six months. And um, that, I want to say that by taking the wrong decision, by going against my core values and saying, let's just give this a go because I need some support, it probably took me more energy to fix the mess than it would have done just to keep the ship afloat. Um, and that, is a is a painful experience. In fact, I, and I, I haven't actually shared this on on air before, but you know we have a 100% success record, no refunds in the past six years. I came pretty bloody close during that period because somebody made a complete balls up of a situation, and I had a client who rang me and was like, "If it wasn't for the fact that you've been so good whilst we've been working together, I would be furious at this." But like, I'm more just disappointed, and I had to go above and beyond to make it up to that person, which I've done. And they're very grateful, and they've since referred business on. But what you're saying there really is is striking a chord with me about because I didn't listen to, I knew my core value, and because I didn't listen to those core values, it ended up causing me some serious pain. Right, compromising the core values will typically do that, you yeah. know. And sometimes, Absolutely. sometimes, you know, once once people get really clear on their core values then it's like they have a gut instinct, you know, and, and you can, you can begin to, to trust your gut. Once, once you, you got to get really clear because, you know, part of this is all, there's a whole subconscious piece to this also that once you've gotten clear, your subconscious goes to work and, and keeps moving you in the direction of your core values or your, your goal for your business. And when you, when you, compromise that or you don't you start to do something that's contrary to that you'll know mm. and you'll experience things like you experienced where it takes longer than to overcome sure does than it would if you had just not done it in the beginning absolutely look I, i'm gonna ask you a rather challenging question here and forgive me if oh. i'm throwing you a hot potato right but this is i this would be useful for me to know and i'm sure there are other people listening to this too so completely agree with you about that kind of uh you know being heart centric understanding your core values and even using that gut feeling so i uh, my listeners will have heard me say before i have an um an exercise that i like to do where i meditate and i tr i do this thing where i call trying on feelings i run through different scenarios and see how i'd feel about each one whilst meditating and then go with the one that feels right, right. and that works tremendously well however this is my question uh -oh. How do you go about communicating that message to other people within your organization when it's a core value gut feeling decision? And, and what I mean by that is 
it's easy to explain a logical decision because it's logical. Yes. How do you communicate a, we're not doing this because it doesn't feel right? Well, first of all, I would suggest that you have a way to explain why it doesn't feel right. People, people who don't, people who are not yet tuned into their core values or their gut instinct won't give you any credibility if you use the word feel right. That, I mean, that's a, that's a big red flag to those types of people. However, people, people who are will get it, but they're usually, they're usually in, there's usually less of them, minority. So you have to find a way to explain it in some words. And it can be, instead of feel right, it could be because, and just give some simple reasons. In, in some type of a term, it doesn't have to be logic, but just say, because I've asked for guidance and this is the decision that I've been given and, and just leave it at that because they don't, they don't know who you asked for guidance. No, you know, it could be a consultant. It could be legal advice. It could be marketing advice, but could I asked for guidance. Exactly. Yeah. And it's probably a combination of spiritual is always there. If you're tuned in. Spiritual is always mm-hmm. sending you messages. <laughs> Definitely. And just leave it at that. Mm. And, 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 and quite frankly, as, as the founder, if you're the founder of the organization, I'm going to just say you have the right and the privilege to make those announce pronouncements, sure. but you still have to get people on board. You do. Because I mean, that's the, that was the really interesting thing, isn't it? Cause it's, it's kind of the, and that's kind of what I'm touching on there is that, you know, uh, having been through organizations that have been through sort of real change management regimes and strategies, communication has been absolutely key uh, absolutely. At, at every stage. Everybody has to, even if they don't agree, they have to at least understand what's happening, understand why it's happening and understand what's likely to happen as a result. Now that is, is not as easy to do. I mean, we just touched on spiritual um, sp- you know, spiritual rarely give you a manual and say, here it is step by step. They give you pieces, they give you bits. And you might know that something either is or isn't right as a result of that guidance. It's very difficult to put into words. I mean, I, I prime example, um, I had a, a search firm, relatively successful search firm a few years ago. Um, and we had, in fact, we were very successful. I'm being a bit modest there. Um, we were, we were, <laughs> We were number one in the world for what we did, which I love. Uh, we were working with federations and associations exclusively. I mean, even when we were a four or five month firm, we had like hundred thousand people federations. It was, it was ridiculous. Like we we were punching well above our weight, but I was miserable, really, really miserable. And I remember um, it's that typical cliche. I thought we'd be happy when I got to my first million, and I wasn't. I was miserable. I was overweight. I was unhappy. I was stressed out, and I couldn't work out what it was. So I spent a lot of time reflecting on it and meditating on it. And the answer kept coming back to me. Like, you hate what you do. <laughs> like, you don't want to do this. You don't like what you do. You don't like who you do it for. Like, you're never going to feel happy with this. And in the end, I made the decision. And it was like one of those light switch moments. What's, what is it they say? It takes a lifetime to change somebody, but a moment to change. So yes. I instantly said, that's enough. I don't want to do this anymore. We're not renewing that contract and I'm winding things down. I'm going to sell the firm. And my entire team went nuts. They were like, what are you doing? That's a $60,000 a month client every month without fail. And you're just like, 
just let it go. I'm like, well, I don't want to do this anymore. And I was, this is where I want to learn from this because I really didn't communicate it well at all because I, I almost got to the point where I was a bit petulant, almost like a, you know, when you're a parent just talking to your child, it was a bit mm-hmm. like that. They would say, <laughs> why are you doing this? And I was like, because it doesn't feel right anymore. And then they'd say, well, why doesn't it feel right anymore? And I couldn't answer it. So I started to say things like, because I said so. Like, because the, yeah. the, I'm doing it because that's what I'm doing. So I've made the decision. And that's something that as a leader, I'd really like to improve on. I'd really like to make sure that I can communicate to the best of my ability to people this is why i'm making the decisions that i am and that was quite tough oh exactly and it's it's that communication piece that's so critical mm-hmm. so so let's just use this as an example and i don't know how we're going to work through this but obviously they asked you why and you were not able to put your finger on why no but had they been able to be a little more observant they may have noticed that you were gaining weight. Yep. Okay. So, and I don't mean this to be across the board when people gain weight, but oftentimes when people are under stress or they're in conflict with, with their inner self, there will be external symptoms that begin to show up. So it might be weight. It might be loss of weight. They might start losing weight. Mm. They might start displaying a personality trait that is very unusual for them. Mm. So, when you're the person that's in the in the leadership role and it happens to be you, <laughs> mm. it's it's often helpful if you had someone either on staff or an outside consultant observer sure. who, who would have been able to possibly point that out to your staff. And I can understand why they would have gone ballistic because it was guaranteed income. It's great business. And maybe yep. they all enjoyed it. And, you know, maybe there were other options where you didn't have to be the lead person and somebody else could have. I mean, there's all kinds of things that possibly could have been explored. But, you know, when you're when you're in it and you're the person who's got the greatest risk and also suffering the most, Mm. it's oftentimes difficult to figure that out by yourself. Yeah, you can't, you can't see the wood for the trees sometimes. Right. And that, that's definitely true. I, and you know, and I'm a very rash person anyway. Um, there's quite a few. <laughs> I am. There's quite a few times in my life that I've kind of looked back and I think that I could have handled that situation so much better. Um, but it's like when I'm done, I'm done. Uh, like yes. middle of the night, I'm. That's it. I'm done. Um, but you've made, yeah, and you're ready to move on to the next thing. Definitely. But see, the people in the organization aren't quite ready yet. They no. got to be brought along. And I, and I, that's, that's a regret that I really have actually. So some of them actually stayed with the business when I sold it and and some of them actually still work with me to this day. They, they, Mm -hmm. you know, for want of a better expression, they believe in me. So they followed me. Um, and it's only kind of as we've gone through, in fact, it's funny you should mention about being able to recognize external factors because the ones who've stayed with me have since said, we can see how much happier you are now. We can see kind of mm-hmm. how much freer you are. Like you're enjoying this a lot more and they can see that now. I don't think they could at the time, but it's like one of those, um, it's like you can't see your own children grow. It's like you have to have a period of space away from each other to then go, my, haven't yes. you grown kind of thing. <laughs> yes. um, it was kind of like that within business. It was like, they were seeing it every day. So they weren't really seeing you know, the weight gain. They weren't seeing the fact that I was really unhappy. Um, but those people who were, you know, not seeing me for maybe three to six months at a time were like, what's going on with Phil? Right. But see, it all, you know, it all gets back 
to core values and, and really being clear on what's the purpose, the mission of your business. Mm. And, you know, for my clients, I always tell them, you know, if you're not having fun with this, then let's take a look and find out if this is the right thing for you to be doing. Sure. It's a great piece. If, of if you're starting to develop personality changes, health issues, something, something's amiss. And, and I don't mean fun that it's got to be jolly, good, good, good times all the time. No, but it's got to give you right? a sense of joy. It's yeah. got to give you a sense of joy more often than not. We spend way too much time in work not to enjoy what we do. I firmly exactly. believe that. And if it's if it's impacting your, the life outside of your business, then there's something, there's a rub. Yeah. That's what I call it. It's the rubs. Where's the rubs? And do you want to resolve the rubs or do you just want to say, oh, I can walk away from this and somebody else can do it? You know, because sometimes just saying, you know, I started this and it was fun when I started it. But, man, it's not it's not interesting to me anymore. It's not fun. I, it's, you know, I've used up all my energy on this one. I'm ready for something else. Sure. And it's OK. That's OK. It's just getting to that realization. And then. I'm going to say somehow taking care of any of the people that you have in your organization, which mm. which you did in the end. Yeah. Oh, I definitely did. I, I mean, I made sure that they were taken care of because they were always really good to me, and I wanted to be really good to them. It's, in fact, it's it's one of the it's one of the things that I both I love the most and essentially provides the most stress, I guess, as being a business owner. Is I love the fact that I have 16 people full time who I'm wow. providing a salary for. Like I love that. Um, having grown up a, a you know a kid from a single parent family that had no money that was on state benefits, you know, to be able to provide a salary for sixteen different people is wonderful. But at there's the sta- a story. There's a story. Go on. Well, you know, you're always, you're always encouraging us to tell our stories, and there is your story. Yeah, right there. It's true. Yeah, very true. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, it also applies stress because you're oh, realizing yeah. it's not just my family I'm responsible for. <laughs> it's 16 right. other it's people's 16 families. Of those yeah. on your shoulders. Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. And you know, I've, there are lots of entrepreneurs that I have seen who quite frankly, you know, they're quite happy to cut and run with the money and they'll take care of themselves first. And trust me, I get paid last out of my team. Oh yes. Everybody's, me too. everybody's taken care of before I am. Me too. Um, and that's the right way to go about it. I, I firmly right. believe that. But see, that gets back to your core values Mm. is the respect that you have for other people. Mm, Absolutely. You know, and it's not just because they helped you out and and helped you grow your business. It's that you respect them and you truly, truly care for them, which is part of one of your fundamental core values. And that's how it impacts our decisions. It's like you take care of them first. Yeah. I love every single one of them. Like genuinely, I I don't use that word lightly. Like everybody who works this business. I love them to pieces. And and like you said, it's not because they've helped me grow a business. It's because they're good people with good hearts that want to go above and beyond for the same people that I want to go above and beyond for. They they want to do right by people. And I, and I think that's what's led to us being able to have such a successful business is is that because we've got the right people in place that, that genuinely care. In fact, one of the things that I've definitely seen in my team, and they're probably listening to this, so they'll be laughing, <laughs> it is, is that – They've all picked up a really bad habit that I have for myself. And I and when I've recognized it in them, not only have I had to stop them doing it, it's reminded me to stop doing it, which is I have a tendency to work really, really hard, like too hard. Like I will stay up into the middle of the night doing something because I want to finish a project. And I've noticed it in them. And the amount of times I'm like, it's your day off. 
stop working. <laughs> like it's the middle of the night, go to bed, you know, and, and, yep. and, and you have to sometimes be like that because like, they've recognized it in me and they're starting to mirror those tendencies. And I don't want them to do that. I, re- sure. I really, really don't. Um, but I think you're right. It, it's about understanding the core values and, and, and being able to act upon them. So for anybody who's listening to this show that is kind of nodding along going, absolutely. Like, I think I know what some of my core values are. I don't think I know what all of them are. I'm not even sure I act upon them. How should people get in touch with you so that you can help them put that into a structure that drives their business forward? Okay. The way they can get in touch with me is they can email me, Judy, at centerforstrategicchange.com. And just be aware, strategic ends with a C and change starts with a C. So there's two C's in that URL. (laughs) Or they'd go to the website, centerforstrategicchange.com and take a look around and there's a, a contact form there. So that's how they can, that's how they can get a hold of me. So I would just, I would encourage them to reach out. I'm happy to chat with them. If they send me an email and they've got questions, I'm happy to share a, a, a link to my calendar so we can schedule a call. Perfect. Yeah, I think it'd be really helpful, actually. So what I'll do is I'll include those links in the show notes below. I would absolutely right. encourage any of our listeners who are still with us at this stage to to get in touch with Judy. She's wonderful at her work. Um, I was having a chat with Judy as well ahead of um, ahead of this particular call, and she was talking about how you know she's quite happy to have uh, a strategic chat with somebody, get you on the phone, do a bit of a consultation, learn a little bit about you. Uh, and just at very least point you in the right direction. If she can help, then you can arrange a different call to assess exactly how. Um, if she can't, then she'll certainly point you in the right direction. So there's no risk for you on this call. It's a big right. win either way. Uh, I would definitely take her up on that. So I, can I tell them about a special offer I have just for them? Of course, always. Oh, super, super. Well, down in, in the show notes, there's there's a link that says Strengthen the Harmony Bundled Offer. And if you click on that link, it's going to take you to a page where you'll see a video of me and you ha- there's a free gift called Three Tips to Conquer Overwhelm and Prevent Burnout. So you can get the free gift by clicking on, on putting on the button. But you can also enroll in the course, Strengthen the Harmony Between Your Life, Family and Work, if that's of interest to you. And if this is resonating with you, that's the course that will help you really zero in on your personal core values and the roles you fill and how do you navigate those through your life. Okay. But because I know Phil, you have a number of business owners that are in your listening audience. We created this really unique special offer and bundled the strength and the harmony program along with the course that creates the strategic plan for the business. It's called Accelerate Your Business Growth Using Strategic Planning. And so we created this bundled offer where you can get both those courses and create the business, the strategic plan for your business and also have the game plan for your life as how those two are going to support each other. So, you know, my goal is to just strengthen the harmony across people's business and lives. And I'm excited to offer that because it's the first time ever and it's such a bargain. 
compared to doing strategic planning separately. No, so I I'm just, absolutely love that. And, and as we touched on it during the actual interview itself, it's those two things are so integral to have them together and do do at the same time. Yes. That No, I absolutely love that. And everybody should be heading over to go and check that out, <laughs> at very least to go and get the uh, the free gift when it comes to Overwhelm. Because if you're a podcast, if you're uh, listening to this podcast and you're in business, I'm pretty guaranteed that you've like, some yep. stage experienced Overwhelm. Um, if you haven't share your secret (laughs) yeah when i meet with a client for the very first time and i ask them to just tell me you know a little bit about their business one of the words i always hear is overworked overwhelmed yeah two words it can be very overwhelming it can be extremely overwhelming especially when you're focused on delivering your business today making sure you've got the cash flow coming in and then planning for the future that's a lot yes. of stuff going all yeah. on at the same there's time there's a lot of stuff going on i mean just handling cash flow keeping yeah. cash flow coming in especially with the pandemic has been a real challenge but it's possible to do it absolutely you just you have to be thinking about the fe- the future while you're living in the present love that do you know what just before we go i think my biggest takeaway point from this interview was when you mentioned about the the orchestra actually the symphony now now the reason that that resonated so much uh about the harmony rather than the balance is that balance in that situation would be that each instrument gets the exact same amount of time to play that's not how mm-hmm. music works, right? No, um, right. You know, there's, I mean, I'm thinking about the guy at the back that stood there with the massive symbols. You know, he only gets to come out a couple of times and bash those symbols together, but it's at this really kind of big crescendo, exciting moment, bang, and then it's there. And it, and it really adds to the effect. But you can't just have some dude at the back banging away the whole time on massive symbols. Um, it's going to be distracting. And that's exactly what happens in life. Like, to use a weird analogy it's okay to have the occasional big blowout go out with your friends party have a celebration but if you do that too much it gets very distracting and you can't concentrate on work because you're partying too much right right and thinking back to your your example of the the symphony if if all those instruments were going to be like balanced yeah they might all get to be really loud all at the same time and you would just have this chaos yeah definitely (laughs) really uncomfortable sound and not be able to enjoy the beauty of any any one of those you would have this dissonance and that's what happens in our life when you try to do balance is you get dissonance and anxiety and stress i love you for calling that out so work-life balance is a myth we are aiming for work-life harmony that's right I absolutely right. love that. Judy, thank you so much for joining us on the show. You've definitely got to come back again. I'm going to share this far and wide. I think there are lots and oh, wow. lots of people that I think will benefit a lot from this. Thank you so much for sharing your special offer as well. Just to reiterate that point in the show notes below is that link. Definitely go check it out. Download the free gift. Take a look at the courses. See what's all involved with that. Judy is an absolute master at her work, so you will not be disappointed, I'm sure. Judy, thank you so much for being here. Well, Phil, thank you so much for having me. This was such a delight to be able to share this with you and with your listeners. I just really am so appreciative. Thanks so much. You are most very welcome. And I'm sure lots and lots of people have taken a lot away from this. Uh, To the audience, make sure you check all those links out. And until next time, take care of yourselves. This is Billionaires in Boxes, empowering one billion entrepreneurs, one podcast at a time. Let's go.